this is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Podcast. Well, it's been a few weeks, but we're ready to return to Goldington Road as we entertain Harper University on Saturday. Tickets still available to join us at the home of Bedford's Premier Sporting Club. Simply head to www.bedfordrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets to get yours and join us for the big game. Ahead of the 11th meeting between the two sides, I've caught up with several of Mike Rea's squad to discuss the fixture. Later, we'll hear from Sean French, Ethan Grayson and Head of Strength and Conditioning, Jamie Bain. But first, let's cross to Alex Wolford, who will talk us through his recovery from injury. Well, Wolfie, good to catch up. Um, Firstly, how is your progression coming back from injury? Because we haven't seen you on the field for a couple of weeks. How long is it until the fans can, you know, uh, expect you to be back playing your trade here at Golden Tomorrow? Um, it's been uh, a little bit slow, um, to be honest. I was I was sort of making pretty good progression um, post having a jab uh, about a month ago now. Um, and then had sort of a minor uh, setback, if you like, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I am now in, in non-contact training. Um, and I think the plan is to um, slowly integrate me into full training um, by sort of mid next week. Uh, so hopefully the plan is to be involved at least in the warm-up um, or be a TR for the uh, Richmond game. Um, and then hopefully with a view to have some form of involvement against uh, Scottish the week after. So uh, it's been a little bit slow. Um, it's been a bit uh, frustrating at times, but I'm getting there slowly and um, hopefully not too much longer. It's a tricky one because you're not a player renowned for having injuries. When you do get injured, it's the same area every time so I guess in that sense you've got to be even more precautious with it because that neck head injuries particularly in the current lands landscape has happened two or three times now we've got to be even more careful and wrap you up in you know cotton wool a bit more than normal yes it's it's odd law to be honest last year uh, obviously I had a neck issue that um, ironically wasn't causing me any pain but I was getting quite bad muscle wastage in my left arm and I probably didn't get it uh, looked at early enough, but because I wasn't suffering with any pain, I was. I, you know, I think last season, including the preseason games, I went fourteen on the bounce, and then it was only at the game before Christmas against Scottish, funnily enough, where it, it was getting really sore, and then you know I had to have a couple of months out, unfortunately, because I had a few um, prolapsed discs that were pushing against the nerve. And you know, fast forward it to this year, um, you know, I had a bit of a stinger against Northampton, which was um, a bit sort of a more prominent than the last few I've had and then uh funnily enough against Scottish um again at home I obviously got my neck on the wrong side and that was you know pretty um debilitating pain and you know last time I was inhibited through sort of my power and strength but not actually in pain and this time I've got all my power and strength but I'm I'm uh <laughs> I'm in pain so it's um yeah it's been a bit frustrating it's you know it's luckily I've been able to sort of keep around the the team in some capacity so it's been nice to you know sort of keep involved and keep coming and now I'm in non-contact training you know it's nice to be out sort of on the paddock um but yeah you know I've never really had any neck issues and then I've had two in the last uh, 12 months so it's been uh frustrating but uh hopefully through the through the rough of it now and uh just looking forward to getting back playing to be honest uh, it's been a while so uh feeling a bit bit of cabin fever but nearly there you're uh an experienced enough player that I think you'll understand what I mean by this question. Is it easier knowing that we've we've got options in that position? You're not like 
you it's not desperate times that you're not playing is that easier or worse because you know you've got to fight for your position it, there are two sides to that question isn't there I yeah i think in in some respects it's if it's a short-term injury for one or two weeks then it's not so much of a problem because you know you don't really think about your position in the team you think more about actually is the team going to be okay so for the first few weeks you know all i thought was oh it's fine we've got cover you know we've got people playing well in my position um you know healthy competition as well with the Saints lads coming in so there's loads of numbers so my initial thought when I did it was okay we're, we're going to be fine for a few weeks and then it gets you know five six five six seven weeks down the line um the boys are flying um you know granted we've had sort of a a bye week and in between that um and then you're like you know it all it all of a sudden seems quite a daunting prospect because the the lads are going really well, the team's playing well, um, and there's loads of people in my position. So then it becomes a case of, you know, I'm going to have to really get my head down and work hard to even get a sniff. Um, so, you know, you go you go through all the emotions, really. You know, from a selfish perspective, you, you obviously want to be involved and you want to be in a position that, you know, when you come back that you're going to be fighting for or you're going to be in a position to, to play. But... Um, you know, it's not the way the world works. And the, as I say, the boys going really well. We've obviously had some reinforcements from Saints. Obviously, I think you know the the Doncaster result wasn't ideal, but I think it was actually quite uncharacteristic in some ways because we were going so well before that. So, um, you know, we've got quite a good run now. Hopefully, Hartbury. You know, they were tough last year. We obviously gave them a good good hiding away at their place, but you know, they came here and it was a completely different story. So. Um, that's, that you know, that's a game that we're looking forward to, and then again we go um, go away to Richmond the following week. So, and then into cup. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of rugby still to play, um, but you know, the, the the team's going well, and that's the most important thing. But you know, hopefully, I can soon rather be a part of that. People have been saying to me oh, that I've come up with a really good phrase. What they don't know is. I actually nicked it from you because you used it when you were talking to me last season. And that phrase was consistently inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. And I guess this season is another case of that. We've had three unbelievable results. The Cornish Pirates win, unbelievable. Mm. But they were sandwiched in by two ill-disciplined performances. What do you put that down to? Um, I think, you know, it's it, it's difficult because... If we're being brutally honest about the games we lost, uh, so particularly against the 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 Coventry game, we didn't do anything we said we were going to do in the first half. Um, we lost kind of all momentum and attack, and whether that was through skill error, human error, system error, we just didn't get any go forward. So we spent the whole first half defending, and actually in large parts we did it incredibly well. You know, Bouge coming in set pretty stringent KPIs about how we want to be um, dominant in defence and actually for, for most of the game against Coventry the ironic thing is we did that we defended really well but the issue is if you're defending for so long that comes with pressure you know in attack if you're holding the ball for long periods of time although it's exhausting you you're not under any real pressure in defence you know if you slip off a tackle or concede a penalty, suddenly you can be five metres out defending your own line, which, you know, fair play to Coventry. They did that against us. But, you know, so that result was very much a case of we never really got going. And as a 
result of that, I think people are obviously trying to problem solve. Um, and it's a natural reaction, you know, when things aren't going to plan, you you want to try and turn the tide and, you know, if, oh, if I can just get a turn over here, that will help. Or if I can get a big shot here, that will help. But, you know, when people go off on their own, it will go out of system, you know, it becomes harder. So, you know, I think the, the Coventry game was more down to us rather than them. Um, and then if you look at the the Doncaster game, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes, they score straight, they score pretty much straight away. We score, they score, we score. Suddenly it's a game. I think we go in, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was about 26 14. Uh, so, you know, 28 14. 28 14. So, yeah. still very much in the game. And I think if you actually look at that, they probably caught us off guard a bit straight away because they traditionally don't really play wide. And from the first kickoff, they hit, um, they hit the fourth runner off a breakdown, go out the back. Suddenly they've got a overlap on the outside, not really traditional of the Doncaster team. And then, you know, going back to us, we probably didn't uh, kick the ball enough. And I know that's kind of seems anti-Bedford way, but we identified in the week we wanted to be long and on. Um, the idea is they don't really run the ball. They kick it back to us. If they get anywhere near halfway, we at least have a platform to play off. Um, and I think we kind of went away from that. Um, you know, I think we were maybe a little bit too ambitious. Um, but, you know, let's give credit to Doncaster. They're, they're a brilliant side. They've got, you know, they probably should have finished top last season. And actually, funnily enough, if they'd have uh, beaten us at home when, in the second game of the season, they would have finished top. Um, so, you know, they're a good team. We probably... Um, you know, didn't manage the game very well, but you know, it wasn't through lack of effort. And you know, I don't think we can ever be faulted for trying. Um, so you know, it, it's frustrating. Um, but as I say, the commentary game I think is a bit of an anomaly. The Doncaster game, I think we were just beaten by the better side on the day, and you know, it it, it happens, it's not ideal. But sometimes you have to take your medicine, but you know, and it's actually been interesting for me because I've spent sort of a bit more time on the sidelines. I've personally seen like a very big uh, growth in the team we've got a lot more discipline um, and individual accountability and I mean not just within um, the team and everything we do on the field but actually boys doing their extras um, you know it's been a clear shift in mindset which has been really good um, and, you know top of that we've hopefully as I say if we can keep compounding games um, you know we just did three on the bounce before the Donny game if we can do that again going into the cup and then we've got Donny again on our fourth game and then suddenly you know we're going back into the league and we're in a really good place so um yeah frustrating but I I, I do think in spite of those results we're, we're sort of moving in the right direction yeah we look to get back to winning ways on Saturday Hartbury you summed it up pretty well actually in the previous answer that we went there beat them on their own patch quite convincingly they come to us they do exactly the same it was probably the best away performance last season in the champ Hartbury coming here played the Bedford way and beat Bedford. Like it made a big story at the time, over 100 points in the two games. What's been spoken about this week in terms of that fixture? Because we don't know what players they're going to be bringing down to Goldenton Road. They could have XYZ number of Bristol players, XYZ number of Gloucester players. You have no idea going out to training what players you're going to be playing against. How difficult is that? And what's the mindset going into the game on Saturday? 
Well, in fairness, I think what we've spoke about uh, this week is, is as you say, they, they're a dangerous side. And um, yes, their team changes somewhat week to week. But if you look at the teams they've had, they've always had very capable backs, um, particularly centres. So, you know, both the... Uh, Donnie Sensor, actually. I think Robbie Smith and... Um, Conor Edwards. Conor Edwards or Joe Margaret, who might have played fullback for him. But, you know, those boys have gone on to, to play at Doncaster. Um, similarly with... Uh, George Simpson, I think. But, you know, they've always had traditionally quite good electric backs, you know, very similar to us in, in a lot of respects. Um, they've also had a very, very effective maul. Uh, they've not necessarily had the biggest pack, but they've been very, very well drilled, particularly around scrum and maul time. Um, so, you know, though, in, in some respects, it's like playing a, a, a similar team to us, almost, you know, not identical, but there's a lot of similarities between the two. So, you know, we spoke about nullifying that or we've spoke about nullifying them up front um but also you know i suppose for a neutral it's going to be quite exciting game because you're going to have two pretty good back lines going you know hammer and tong against each other so uh this week you know it's mainly been focusing on us um and you know if we get our processes right the results should take care of itself well wolfie it's been great catching up best of luck with the rest of your recovery and hopefully we'll see you back on the pitch very soon no worries cheers mate well, Ethan, good yeah. to catch up. Um, we've got a few things to discuss this afternoon, but we'll start with the game that's coming up on Saturday. Harper University at Goldenson Road. What's your early assessment going in? Uh, a team who've had a good win last week, uh, a good win against the Fort Nottingham side, back with a lot of um, Bristol and Gloucester lads. Uh, so we know it's going to be a tough challenge, but um, we fancy them at home and hope we can get a good game out of it. You've been here this is your third season now. Haven't quite been able to make Golden to Road a fortress in previous seasons. We've started to do that. We've got 10 points out, out of 10. This is the third game at home, I guess. Is the message just to keep those good times rolling? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If we can get sort of that momentum we carried on before before Donny, um, we're in a good spot going into the next week uh, against Richmond and then uh, into, into the Cup. Um, but as you said, it, it's trying to make Bedford as hard as hard a place it can be for the teams to come. Um, if we can sort of build that consistency at home, then the rest will follow. Um, and hopefully put up a good show for the uh, Goldenson Road faithful. Last season, it was fair to say some of our best results were away from home. We never quite backed it up. We would go to a place like Elim win and we lose at home the next week. Now we seem to be able to do both. We've got some good home results. Pirates of the unbelievable. What's changed this season that we're getting results both home and away? I think it sort of comes to the second season. We have, we have a fairly similar team and some good additions to last year. Uh, having last year's build together, uh, sort of get cohesion within the team uh, carried on towards towards this season and especially at home. Um, then that last year had some good home wins against Jersey, Donny, uh, all great games and great wins, especially at home. So they're sort of carrying it on from, from last year and building that cohesion as a group and making the space a proper fortress. Hartbury on Saturday will be a mixture of Bristol, Gloucester, Dragons, could be any other team. They they can pull in players from wherever they want. But they have got a, a solid core as well. One of them you will know quite well, Colin Matthews, yeah. will probably be involved. Um, has that had any more spice when it's a former player that you've grown up with, played yeah. play for the academy system with? Yeah, definitely. I've played with Tommy for, for a year and a bit um, down in Northampton. I played with him at Bedford as well. He's a good friend of mine. Um, if I can get any shots off on him, I'll try to, and I'm sure he'll do the same to me. Uh, you've you got to enjoy playing with your mates, but you enjoy even more playing against them. Uh, so it'll be a good challenge. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, especially at fullback, um, bringing his kicking game alive. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. For you so far this season, you've been involved pretty much all season. Um, we spoke, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago after the Colby game, we were talking about 
playing with a smile on your face. Why are you enjoying it so much this this season? I know you have always, but why is it this season just things seem to be clicking a bit more? I think it's just a bit more consistency. Last year there was a lot of chopping and changing, sort of some weeks I'll be I'll be here and I'm then had a bit of an injury, so be out for a couple of weeks, then then you fight to get your way back into the team. It's, it's 10 minutes off the bench there, 20 minutes the next week. But this year just feels like I'm doing a bit more consistency. Um, had a few starts and played some, some fillets as well. So when you can build into a season and build into your games, you get more comfortable and that's when you can start of let loose and, and let a bit of flair go, which I'm uh, hoping I've shown a little bit of throughout the season and long may it continue. And with the Prem Cup coming back to a bit more normality because there's no COVID regs, I guess you kind of get the best of both worlds this season. Is that helping as well? Because you're playing quite a lot of games now. Yeah, definitely. I think I think if you look at the last series, especially um, my first year I came in was the COVID year where I think I played three years in a game, uh, three games in a year, which is yeah, obviously not ideal. Um, getting back into some sort of normality and some, some normal sort of proceedings definitely helps. Um, you play well and you play a lot. I think, I think that's, that's fair to say. Um, the more you play, the more, as I said earlier, the more comfortable you become. So having some, some consistent game time definitely helps. And also playing down here, you can kind of show that the Saints coach is what you can do. Um, and they're always watching, they're always keeping tabs. Um, so me and all the other lads are always going over games and stuff with all the, all the other coaches. Um, so this is, yeah, can't speak highly enough of how, how much the Bedford sort of relationship has helped me. And in terms of your position, specifically, obviously got Michael LeBourgeois on your inside. You're yep. fighting out. I know Jamie's injured at the moment. But to work with those two three times a week and play with them on the field as well, must be learning so much because they've got so much premiership experience. I think starting with the person inside with Bouge, there's no easier job than playing with him on your inside. Um, the man, yeah, he's a, he's a very special talent and, and been there, done that and, and been to the top and, and now he's back here. Um, but more importantly, he's an unbelievable bloke. Um, and he's helped me out, yeah, countless times on the pitch. Just small sort of, it's not even massive conversations, it's the small pieces of nuggets you pick up through playing with him, watching him in training. And the same goes for Jamie. Um, I remember watching him when I was a youngster down at Northampton. I watched him for many a year. Um, and yeah, sort of seeing what he could do there and now being able to play alongside him is uh, is great. And those conversations with, with those two, especially, are invaluable. Um, just picking their brains where I can. Beautiful. Talking a little bit about that Bedford-Northampton relationship and how much it's helped you. Do you think it's helped you a little bit as well that there's a consistent group that's been here for a long time now? Because you're coming up to probably 25 appearances. Ed Prowse is on 30. There's players that have been here for a long time and you can all travel in together. It's not like them and us. It's yes. You're all in as one, but 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 you have got that that core stability that you know there's six or seven of you that are going to be here every week. Exactly. You, you hear some horror stories of, of lads coming in and sort of not getting involved with the other lads and, and sort of not um not being welcomed. I can say it's anything but the opposite here. Uh, and especially with the lads now, I've, this, I'm coming on my third year being here, uh, being alone here. They yeah, become your teammates. You're not just some kid coming from Hampton. They are your teammates. And to do that with six, seven other lads, as you mentioned, is yeah class. So we all pile in together, make the trip 40 minutes north. Um, and it's, yeah, it's second to none. There's, there's no awkwardness. There's no sort of... Uh, hate from the other lads it's all, it's all very welcoming and, and all the lads take us in as one of their own which uh, which can ask more for I guess that that transpires to, to the field as well doesn't it because you feel like you're ingrained in this club now, definitely definitely as you said probably my third year pushing 25 caps state caps not sure what I'm on at the minute but um, you play it for so long you definitely start to get a feel for 
for Mike and, and Goldenson Road, it is a special place. Um, it's been a privileged player so far, and hopefully, and get a load more caps under my belt. Saints obviously started the season well, as well. How important is it that this is a strategic partnership? It works both both ways. Both teams play similar on the road pitch. Yeah, it helps loads. I think it'd be very difficult if on a Monday morning when you come and review games, Bedford played one way and Saints played the other. Um, that'd be pretty tough, but. Both teams like to shut the ball around, having Sharpie here and, and the contingency around it. All the moves are the same, called the same. It's so easy to translate what you're trying to do at Bedford into Saints and, and coaches can see that there's very clear pictures between the two sides. So it's so easily seen in both games. Um, as I say, if it was if Bedford played a really heavy mall, didn't shut the ball around, he'd be there sort of 13, not really touching the ball and not getting many involvements. But as I said, it's the opposite of that. It's chucking it around from anywhere and having a great time whilst doing it. And it's hard not to smile when you're playing like that. Saints coach is obviously highly involved here at Goldenson Road as well. There's conversations all the time. We can look recently, George Henley was on the bench last weekend. It's likely to be again this weekend, all that kind of stuff. I guess for you, that's the aim, isn't it? To get back into the North Hampton. As much as you love it here, the stark reality is actually next season you don't want, want to be here in a strange way. Yeah, it, you have to look at it that way. It is a stark reality, as you say. You love being here, but the whole point of being here is so you can come to Northampton. So it is sort of a double-edged sword. Um, but no, that, and that's the great thing about it. They don't, Saints don't send you out here just to leave you and forget about it. They, uh, they are watching. They're heavily involved. And as you say, if you play well like Hendy has, you, get, you, get, you do get your chance. Um, for me, it's about keeping my head down, working hard, keep grafting, and hopefully my time will come to Northampton. Um, but for now, I love my time there. Yeah, and just... Talk about that future. You you obviously want to go to Northampton. Obviously, it would be remiss us not to talk about your family connection to to the club. I guess yeah. that's your main motivation, isn't it, to keep the tradition going? Yeah, definitely. I think I haven't played with my brother on on Tuesday. Um, the first time, ten and twelve, was a great experience. I hope I can do that a hundred times down to Lampton. I, I love playing with him. Um, and then just just beyond that, my old man. As soon as you drive into the Saints, you see him on, on the front. So it's always a there's lots of reminders around around Franklin's Gardens that he was here before. Um, and exactly that. You kind of want to do emulate what he he's achieved and what Jimmy's achieved. Um, if I can get half what they've done, I'll be very happy. But um, no, yeah, strong connection to the club. Jamie Bain, Head of Strength and Conditioning. Good to uh, catch up. We're five games through the Championship campaign so far. Uh, what's the feeling within the camp at the moment? Yeah, good. We had a, a good week off and a, and a bit of fun, a bit of team building. Um, and yeah, got another run of five games to look forward to now. We've had a week's break. What has that done in terms of the squad, in terms of the injuries that we were carrying in uh, after those five games? Are we any closer to seeing some players return to action yet? Yeah, definitely. Just giving us that little bit of breathing room. A um, few, yeah, like you say, niggles, things that just give us extra time to kind of get get right and, and recover fully. So they can we'll have a few more boys coming back in, which will always, be, always boost the squad. And in terms of those players that were injured, we had a, it's fair to say, extensive list of players out currently injured. Can you just talk us through what their training regime is coming back to it, how you integrate them into training correctly um, and when we're likely to see them back on the field? Uh, it's always first things focus on what they can do and what they can't do and and make sure they're <clears throat> topping up on as much fitness as possible so they're, they're they can make that transition back into training as, as smoothly and, and feeling in good shape when they do. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very individual, but it's trying to integrate as much as possible, making sure they're, they're doing everything they need to do as a rugby player. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> change of direction, agility, um, high speed running, reactive change of direction, you know, and being able to 
produce those sort of fitness efforts that we know they're going to need to in a game so it's kind of ticking off all those boxes and, and as and when they do that we integrate them as much as possible into rugby um in, in what they can do while working on other stuff until um you know they're in full full training and, and available for match day we move into a block of six fixtures now let's just look back on the first five to start with we've been consistently inconsistent is kind of how i would describe it we've had three unbelievable performances including that victory at pirates and two games just didn't go our way. What have you been working on? Because you've had that break now as well, this week break. What have you been working on to make sure that this next block of games is better than this first block? Yeah, well, discipline's always, you know, something you work on. Um, and uh, sometimes you get those games. Um, like I say, we're inconsistent. And I guess that's what all teams want to work on. The best teams are, you know, they're ruthlessly consistent. And that's what we're we're trying to build in training um, and, and get to that point where we are. Uh, I think there was a stat that it was the first time we won three games back to back since 2018. So there is progress there, um, but there's still a lot to work on. Um, and, and we're doing everything we can to kind of get that consistency. How far can this team go? I think, I think, like I say, consistent is what we want and we need to be in that mindset where we can, you know, it's the old, uh, might be a cliche, but treat you know, take every game as it comes. Um, and often in hindsight, after games, we, you know, maybe we haven't done that. Um, but, you know, we've got a really good, talented uh, group of players here and um, and there's a lot of potential to, to get that consistency and, and we could see some really good results from us. We go into Hartbury on Saturday, um, first of all, can you just talk us through what the training plan's been like this week? Uh, we're just kind of getting back into sort of normal routine. Obviously, last week, week off and um, uh, team building. So kind of very strange. The boys still had training to do in their own time, which was a nice mental break, but keep them uh, uh, ticking over physically. And now it's kind of getting back into our, our game preparation. It's almost part of it. You want to get back into routine. So they're kind of comfortable and they're in a good mental place. They feel prepared for the game um, <clears throat> whilst also kind of, you know, work on those sort of individual or or kind of specific goals we've got moving forward as a team. Got to give Hartbury a lot of credit. They probably came to Goldenton Road last season and put in the best away performance and probably the best away performance we've seen for a good number of years. Does that play into the, the squad's mind and the coach's mind going into this game on on Saturday? Well, I, I hope so, because um, we've... I guess we've had some decent performances away at there or, or some decent results, I'd say, Um where we maybe even got out kind of some sticky patches and actually came away with with a win, um, and we we need to take them, you know, as coming here to to do the same as they did last year because yeah it was a, it was an amazing performance and on the day we kind of held our hands up and said you know that in some ways they were playing the way we aspired to, um, so yeah it could be uh, you know potential banana skin for us so um, we're, we're not going to take them lightly. Um, and and hopefully that will give us that edge and and help us, you know, make amends for for our last performance against Donny. Hartbury will come to Golden Road on Saturday. We'll find out the team, obviously Friday at midday. From a coaching perspective, how difficult is it when you're playing a side like Hartbury because they're not a Coventry that you can kind of guess what the team is. Look at the team. The last game had a lot more Bristol boys in the game before. Had Gloucester players that they maybe didn't have the game before. How do you work on that? Because they've obviously got a club DNA. We don't necessarily know what components are going to make up that game plan. How difficult is it as a coaching staff to try and work on that before you know what the team's going to be? Well, it, in some ways, it's good because going back to your last question, it kind of keeps us on our toes a bit um, and kind of you need to prepare for, you know, any eventuality. But like I say, they they do have, you know, the, the way they try and play as a team um, and you need to focus on that to a certain extent. But 
kind of more so focus on ourselves and, and how we're going to um, impose ourselves on, on the game and, and hopefully do that to, to get out what we want and get a result. You spoke about earlier the fact that we put three wins together for the first time in four years. How much of a springboard could it be on Saturday that this is the start of the new block, get a win on Saturday, that could really help us for the next five weeks? Yeah, massively. I mean, every game is important. Um, and like I say, especially when we're trying to, you know, break that um, inconsistency issue, you know, we want to be um, winning every game. So you're only as good as your next game, aren't you? So um, we'll um, we'll do everything we can to get us in, in a good position. Having said that, I mean, look at, um, you know, we're really disappointed with that uh, result against Cov and we turn things around quickly. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're in that same mindset now after a disappointing result away to Donny, we, you know, we'll, we'll turn around and, and, and put in a performance we're proud of. Hey, Blues fans, Sean French here. Uh, I hope you're all looking forward to the game this Saturday at home versus Hartbury. Can't wait to see you all come and support us. Um, this is the beginning of the when I was young section. Well, Sean, let's talk about your favourite childhood memories. Doesn't necessarily have to be sporting, but what sticks out to you when you when you think back to your time growing up? Um, probably visiting my grandmother's holiday home down in Kerry, um, which is west of Ireland along the coast, really small town called Glen Bay. We used to have more rainy days than sunny days, but um, after a few years of loving visiting her, we used to... Um, rent a mobile home down there then and that's probably my best uh, childhood memories going down there every summer and just knocking a ball around and coming home muddy every evening then my mom clean clean the clothes and whatnot so yeah so obviously stayed relatively local to where you were growing mm-hmm. up what was your first foreign holiday that you remember first foreign holiday um Belmanadina I'm pronouncing that wrong I'd say I think it's in Spain um, but from thereafter, we were always um, attracted to Portugal for whatever reason, um, along the Algarve, your Albufeira or your Alvor. So, yeah. I guess at those moments, you obviously instantly said they're passing the ball around, having fun, getting muddy. Did you always want to get into sport? Uh, definitely. Um, when I was up to the age of about 11 or 12, I would have played uh, five, six sports, starting from... Uh, GAA for anyone that doesn't know the two Irish sports Gaelic football and hurling then I had soccer rugby I played basketball in my school and also swimming with my school so I think that totals to six and then when my mom didn't have enough hours after work to drop me to all those things I had to narrow it down to about three or four so she had me doing the GAA so the hurling the football and then I had rugby and I think it was still basketball then so I quit the soccer and the swimming and then when I got to the age of about 15 when I started getting in regional teams for Monster, um, that was when I was still I was still playing a bit of Gaelic football. I had given up the hurling, so it was Gaelic football and rugby were the last two. Then when I got to the age of 15, going on 16, I had to make the, the final call because there was regional teams for Cork and football and Monster with rugby. So that's when I chose the rugby. And just as I turned 16, then I was lucky enough to be called up a year out of age to represent one Monster under 18s. Um, and funnily enough, this weekend coming um, that summer, I would have had a trip with the Monster Under-18s as a 16-year-old to Harper University against um, Harper, Harper University outfit before our Interpro um, campaign back home in Ireland. What was it about rugby that made you want to go into that? Um, I think it, uh, it was definitely the first um, 
the first ball at home that was kind of put into my hands. So maybe it was a um, maybe it was pre-planned by my grandfather or, or my uncles. My grandfather would have played for the Barbarians. So um, all, everyone on my mom's side would have been rugby. And then my dad's side, were they're were all hurlers. Um, so anything, anything that to keep me entertained, but um, the, the the memories I have, I, I used to always be bouncing a ball in the corner that would, that would keep me shut. But um, I think rugby was just always the one that I enjoyed the most really. And I think my granddad would have had a big influence there as well. You would have been around rugby environments for a long time. Let's talk about your nicknames that you had both as a child and, you know, in the modern day here at Bedford. Um, I guess Frenchie's the obvious one. Yeah. But what else are we going with throughout your career so far? Frenchie was, yeah, the whole way up. Um, uh, nothing too out there, to be honest, after that. So since I've came here, Alex Day likes to call me the Frenchman. Um, but uh, it hasn't really gone, gone too far outside that Frenchie and as of Alex Day, the Frenchman. So, yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about when you were growing up, in rugby and different various sports, you've obviously taken a lot of learnings. Um, for younger supporters that are listening in, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Uh, the best piece of advice I've ever been given, um, probably off, you know, my dad or my granddad as well. The same piece of advice would have been just don't be so hard on yourself. I guess um, that was probably more directed towards me being hard on myself. Um, uh, growing up being very critical of, you know, always just wanting to win and being a fierce competitor. But then, well, you know, losses come. And when the losses came in my life, you know, I take them very hardly, so very tough. Um, so probably, yeah, just don't be so hard on yourself. And um, yeah, just just enjoy it. Enjoy it and take take everything in your stride rather than being too, you know, uptight about things, I guess. Are you still able to follow that advice at, at times. the moment? Or do you still <laughs> find it a struggle? Uh, at times, at times, certainly, I do. I, I am hard myself. It's just the natural character I am. Be it even in my college studies, whenever I'd you know score something that I you know wasn't aiming for, I'd probably be a bit tough on myself. And I think even moving here has probably relaxed me a bit. Um, I remember after my my first game here, wouldn't have been very happy with how I played. And then when I came off the the pitch, Mikey just told me relax or whatever. And then a week later, I played quite well and. Um, my my girlfriend was was uh talking to Mikey after the game and she she passed a comment to him like oh he's he's quite serious isn't he and then Mikey passed a comment saying oh he'll be sideways by the time he's finished with us so I don't know what it be will it turn out to be like that but if I end up somewhere in the middle that'll that'll be a big personal development for me anyway just be a bit more relaxed and enjoy things I guess yeah and when you're in an environment such as this obviously winning massively important at Bedford but to play a free-flowing attacking brand of rugby we'd rather lose 53-52 than win 3-0 mm -hmm. is that going to help you yeah yeah certainly I think so um growing up um back home it was almost like always my dream to play for Munster and um their, their brand of rugby would probably be the polar opposite to us um we do here so it, it I certainly will have to take a bit of time to get used to that. I think I'm starting to get used to that now. Um, but I was always the type of player who, you know, probably didn't fit the system, if that makes sense. I, you know, um, just love heads up rugby and that kind of thing. And probably then when I got into the system, I, I was probably not forced, but, you know, naturally I was trying to mold myself into the 
the type of player that suited their game play when that probably isn't me and that's probably what um has made me found here and hopefully um it'll benefit me in the long term Munster have obviously had incredible success over the years even during your time when you were in the senior squad you had island internationals and all that kind of thing to compete with when you were growing up I'm guessing it would be a Munster player but who was your first sporting icon um I, I grew up four, four doors down the road from Peter O'Mahony so I certainly would have looked up to him in terms of you know where I'd like to get to and what it takes to to get to a high level um, but probably naturally being a young lad who who always wanted to be a back and I used to always try and stay as far away from the forwards as I could even though I was still probably one of the tallest lads in the team growing up I'd still always manage to you know stay away from the, the pack so I think naturally I was always attracted to uh, Simon Zebo, um, just the way he played. Uh, when I was growing up, he was probably in his prime. So, um, he also would have went to the same school that I eventually went to. Uh, took the exact same path with the same club I played with, Corcon, the Presentation Brothers College, and then into Munster. So, I'd I'd have to say Simon Zebo. So, um, it was pretty cool to eventually um start in a Munster jersey, um, on opposite wings to him, um, last season against Ulster. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Munster obviously quite clearly play a huge part in your life. Mm-hmm. Fair to say they were the team that you supported growing up. What was your first sports jersey you ever got? Um, yeah, it's definitely fair to say that they were always my number one team um, supporting. Um, the first sports jersey I can recall, besides um, a Munster jersey, we won't count that, is actually a, a long sleeve Manchester United jersey. Um with number 17 nanny on the back <laughs> um so yeah it, it was in the era of nanny and ronaldo but i always liked nanny so that's the one that i can recall because of the portugal connection that you were talking about earlier that's why it would be a portuguese player or just potentially potentially um i was i was in portugal one of the years whatever there was a there was a world cup and you know when you're younger you you'd be annoying your parents to buy you those those fake sets of jerseys and whatnot and like Probably got a Ronaldo one then, but the United one was a long sleeve red uh, jersey, nanny number 17 in the back. I can remember that. Probably didn't take it off for a full week after I got it as a Christmas present. <laughs> you mentioned some big clubs in your answers. Munster, Man United, big sporting institutions. You could pick a moment in either of those clubs' histories that you would have liked to have been there for. What would it be? Um... I'd say it would have had to have been one of the Heineken Cup wins from Munster, um, either 2006 or 2008. The one that stands out to me, I can't actually remember which one it was, um, was was the Beeritz game with Peter Stringer. Um, not sure, sure which year that was, but definitely one of the Heineken Cup wins. Um, back then, uh, you know, when Munster were, you know, a huge, huge force in Europe, they still are, but even more so then. Um, you know, the streets of Cork and Limerick were flooded with thousands and thousands of people um, when they came back home with the trophy. And I remember being being at home watching those games on TV, not properly now because it was a long time ago, but um, that's certainly something that would have been cool to have been there for, I guess, looking back on as, as an older person now. And I guess when you think about those things, that's kind of what you want to achieve, isn't it, for the rest of your career? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Um, I suppose... Growing up the whole time, I was probably overly focused on, you know, where I want to end up and what I want to achieve. And 
nearly have a list of things I want to do. But for now, I think it's just about focusing in the present, um, in the moment, trying my best and see where it takes me, I guess. Well, that's all we've got time for on this latest episode of the Blues Podcast. Don't forget, the boys need all your support on Saturday. So don't hesitate. Secure your spot and join us on match day. Simply head to www.bedfordrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets for yours. There's plenty of other events to keep you entertained in the run-up to Christmas, including the highly anticipated fireworks display and funfair on Friday the 4th of November. Head to the club website for all the details on what we've got lined up in the coming weeks. Stay tuned for the very next Blues podcast, which we'll bring to you to begin our Championship Cup campaign next month. Take care, everyone, and see you all soon.